0: Hello guys, welcome back to Board Draw. This is episode number four, we believe, of the World Cup series. Doesn't matter now. Yeah, nothing really matters anymore, does it? Game's gone. Yeah, I mean, are you you even going to watch the World Cup anymore?
1: So it's on, well, it's about to be on as we speak. About 25 minutes. uh, Argentina versus Croatia game. Um, But yeah, that's not what we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about what was quite... An anticlimactic, forward slash, disappointing, forward slash...
0: Heartbreaking.
1: Heartbreaking, forward slash, maybe there were some positives kind of weekend.
0: No, this weekend was purely negative and... Uh, KPR had a stinker as well. We had so a stinker. We've got a new manager though, so, you know, I mean, it's been a depressing weekend for football, for me in particular, for everyone, I guess. But um, not if you're French, you've done very well to get through, Um are we kicking this off? Do you want to, What's the first topic on the uh, on the agenda, Russ? So
1: we're here to talk about England France. We gave our kind of pre-game thoughts on how England would beat the mighty French, Le Bleu, and um, I think we put up a good game. And we'll dive into the game in general in a second. But now we're here to give our thoughts on England exiting the World Cup at the quarter-final stage against France. So we'll start on the match as a whole, and then we'll look further into England at the World Cup in general. The match as a whole,
0: we were the better side. Yes. We were the more proactive side in terms of pushing for chances. I think we controlled the game very well. We did what we wanted to do in keeping Mbappe quiet. I think our failure to win the game came due to a lack of control in the middle of the pitch. And... Which is weird
1: because we thought that was the area that out of all the areas we'd be the best in.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think ultimately this game came down to a lack of proactive substitutions. I think Gareth obviously you, we started off the game and it wasn't too bad in, the, in about what what minute was it? It was about 13th minute or something. Yeah. Many obviously scores that screamer. Um, Should we talk about Jordan Pickford? Do you think he should have done better I don't know it was hit hard and it was hit true and so I feel like
1: so Ben Foster on his podcast obviously so we we don't play in goals so we have no idea but obviously coming from Ben Foster a Premier League seasoned goalkeeper said Pickford's got to get there and I've seen maybe, I've
0: seen him pull off harder saves
1: yeah no 100% But and that's always my problem with Jordan Pickford though is the the ones that are instinct the ones that he doesn't have to think about he'll save but I don't think he's actually that good a goalkeeper. He's kind of like Hugo Lloris in that sense, where Hugo Lloris, this game, had an outrageous game. And it's because of a lot of stuff that was just instinctual. If you rely on him to be a good goalkeeper, I don't think he's there. And I think that's like Pickford as well. And this is a shame.
0: If it he- Goal, he would have saved it. Yeah, 100 I agree. 100. I agree. But the problem is, yeah, like I don't think this is a big enough of a blunder for Southgate, if he's still in the job, to look past Pickford and to look at maybe bringing in Ramsdale or something like that but that was one of my uh, yeah topic I mean the thing yeah. is Touche gets the ball into him and he gets it out of his feet really quickly and hits a strike and I think it takes everyone a bit by surprise yeah big time but um, yeah I mean maybe he could have been positioned better maybe he should have reached it he's not. He's he known for sort of like flapping at like crosses and corners and, and stuff like that and he's known for
1: having tiny arms as well that,
0: well, that's what I mean comes hand in hand <laughs> <laughs> his hands are closer to his chest than most people <laughs> but um, yeah I don't know I, I don't particularly blame him I think Tushman could have been closed down quicker mm-hmm. I think the ball into him could have been cut off I think that's a position where if we had someone like Calvin Phillips on the pitch that wouldn't have been allowed to happen we'd have we had a bit more yeah. energy and a bit more robustness in the midfield I'll back that so for me, the first thing that happens is we obviously we go one nil no down. We do really well to respond. We're on the up, and I, I was actually watching the game thinking this isn't the worst thing that happened. Can, uh, that worst thing can happen because you watch the Italy game where we go one nil no up. I was going early bring that on exactly point up, yeah. And we sit back and we absorb pressure. We absorb pressure, and you just know at some point these teams have the quality; they're going to get the chances if you give them to them. Yep. And uh, they're going to take one of them. So I think I actually thought maybe this isn't the worst thing. We can obviously, you don't want to concede at all, but it I gives think, you the
1: impetus to take the game by the scruff And it? we've
0: seen England in games where they sort of start on the back foot. If they don't go that goal behind, they do tend to grow into the game and become the dominant force. Yeah, albeit against like as much weaker Senegal side in comparison to France, but um. Yeah, for me, this game is lost in the lack of proactivity from Gareth Southgate. I think 45 minutes in, you can clearly see that Henderson wasn't having the impact on the game that he had against Senegal Mm. and that we were basically playing with 10 men. And do you know what? It's not a fault of Jordan Henderson's, really. I just don't think this game was laid there for him to be a part of. And um, I think we would have done much better having... Either someone who can a bit more technical uh, ability in terms of like their pass range in like in the likes of Madison coming on, mm. I think that would have given caused France a lot more issues. Someone like Mason Mount even to bring in a bit more energy. I think we weren't actually on the back foot defensively a lot of the time, and maybe that is the, the gratitude of Jordan Henderson because maybe him being there did uh, keep Jude in in better positions to cut off passes and things like that. But I think yeah, someone like Phillips even coming on would have given us a bit more attacking freedom. I think we were just playing with like half a man in Henderson, and that's not that's not me slating him because I don't think he actually performed terribly. But I do not think this was the game for him, and it goes back to it. Gareth Southgate, he's a reactive manager. You're bringing on J- Jack Grealish in the 96th minute. Yeah, it's a joke. Like you're taking off Saka, who should have won us like. A- like just an abundance of fouls yeah we, we haven't got the referee down as one of the topics but I, i'm sure we'll allude He's, to it he
1: stank he stank
0: but yeah i mean that's my that's my opinion on on the first 45 anyway the second 45 is a bit of a different story but um yeah what do you think
1: no i agree with pretty much everything you said in the terms of we were the better team um probably for the first 15 i'd give it to france but post the goal like you said we had the impetus um yeah, I think there was a lot of good things we did this game. Kept Mbappe quiet. Um Luke Shaw was troubled a bit by Dembele but that was always to be the case because I think a lot of what France do well is isolate the poor fullback. Be it Mbappe against the poor fullback or Dembele against a poor fullback and our poor fullback is Luke Shaw. Um so I think he did all right for his role. But yeah, for me where this game went wrong, like you said, it's Gareth Southgate not being proactive enough, but I think we all knew that was going to be the case. I think we were also let down by the referee and then also in moments by players that are claimed to be world-class players.
0: I know exactly who you're talking about right now.
1: So I'm talking about you, Phil Foden. Are you? No, I'm talking about Harry Kane and yeah. I'm talking about Phil Foden. I think both of them on the biggest stage for England, in my opinion, humble opinion, haven't delivered anywhere near. So, in my opinion, they are England's two most talented players currently.
0: They had the highest ceiling. We know exactly what they can do. They, they, are, they, they fit into the world-class bracket. Yeah,
1: they're the best players England have got, both of them. And they're getting outshun by a 21-year-old Bukayo Saka and a 19-year-old Jude Bellingham when I think Harry Kane, what is he, 27, 28? Tottenham, uh, not Tottenham captain, being at Tottenham forever, yeah. he should be their captain. I don't know how Hugo Reese is a Tottenham captain. He's the England captain. He. This is his fourth major tournament for England. I don't think he's ever dropped an eight out of 10 game for England. In a, Especially in not a against a team where
0: it actually mattered. Yeah. Um,
1: and then Phil, I don't want to dig you out because I love Phil. Almost as much as as I love Bukayo. I feel him. But Phil Foden just doesn't do it for me for England. He... So we said this on the preview about this game that we haven't as a country played four at the back enough and definitely haven't played four at the back with a floating 10 enough. So that isn't Phil's fault that he's never had the opportunity to play in that position. But shoehorning him into a wide position just isn't the one. He is so effective there. Why he's effective there for City is because he's allowed to roam inside. City don't. The point I will split out to the sides. Yeah. They have so they, pretty much the free, like wide, um,
0: tens, and then the central ten for City. They all just move around. Well, you think we do that, for well. England. like he's got João Cancelo sometimes up on the left hand side with him. Exactly. You're not going to get that same sort of uh, support from Luke Shaw in terms mm. of going forward, and then you've got people like Kevin De Bruyne you've got Bernardo Silva yeah. even someone like Ilkay Gundogan in the middle being able to supplement you so like he, Phil makes a run into space here the only person in that midfield that's going to be picking him out is Jude Bellingham Yeah, that's why we need someone like James Madison because he'll, he'll be able to switch on and be like that's the run I would make so I can fulfil that for you
1: yeah and so for me either we play with that floating tent and it's Phil or Phil doesn't get in the team at all As as sad as that is to say because, like I said, he is our most technically gifted player. But for me, someone like Rashford would have done so much better on cause
0: more problems. 100%. So many
1: more problems. He was in form as well, along with Bukayo, the most goals for England. Someone like Grealish as well. Even Grealish offers more out wide. Even I don't I don't rate Mason Mount like that, but I'd play him out wide before I play Phil Foden out there. Raheem Sterling, Raheem Sterling. I another thing that pissed me off about Southgate. Why is he bringing Sterling on? Sterling just, hasn't he, been in the country for like a week. He's obviously dealing with family stuff. Hasn't Southgate even came out and said he's definitely not starting because he hasn't trained with us. He doesn't know our tactical plan for this game.
0: So why bring him on? I think it just goes back to the points we reverberated, especially after our Nations League episode where we spoke about Southgate mm. and about us going into the World Cup. And he falls back on these on these favourite players. And so the only one of his favourites that I think had a shining tournament was maybe Harry Maguire and even then he was good but it wasn't outstanding. I think it looks outstanding coming from, like, from where he's come from. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And everyone expected him to be the core of England's mistakes and, and an absolute flop and he was very solid for the most part alongside John Stones. Yeah. But yeah, you look at some like Pickford, he's pulled off an amazing, unbelievable save in the Senegal game which like sort of switched the momentum of that entire like first 15 minutes. Yeah. And he's he's pulled it off time and time again for England. I wouldn't be so mad if he was still our number one keeper going into sort of the next Euros or whatever. I think we've got to move on from him. But maybe it is time for a change. A change maybe not just in manager, but a change into facilitating our best players to be in their best positions.
1: A hundred percent agree. I think it's So we've kind of gone in this kind of stream of progression where Gareth got the semis and Gareth got the final. And so as polarising as as Gareth Southgate is as a figure, to even the untrained eye, you could see progression. And even though he went out in the quarters, you can still say there's definitely progression. 100% progression. But I tweeted this from our account earlier. You can only stick with a manager that is... He's definitely out of his depth in terms of elite-level managers. He's not a tactical manager, is he? There was Luis Enrique. There was... um, Didier Deschamps. Didier Deschamps. There was... um, Carlos Queros. uh, Who's the bloody uh, Germany manager, even Hansi Flick. Hansi Flick, yeah. So there's elite managers here that, given time, will take their nations to trophies. But Gareth Southgate doesn't have that track record, and I understand why people now are on his neck. And I think it's time where, like... Because we're definitely sitting on a golden generation of players. And especially because Harry Kane isn't getting any younger. Like the rest are in and around 22, 23. But if we want to make use of Harry Kane, we've pretty much only got the next Euros in World Cup.
0: Even the World Cup is going to be in like a push. four years. Yeah. So, yeah. And so yeah.
1: do we want to waste this golden generation on Gareth Southgate? And I likened it to Belgium sitting on their golden generation with Roberto Martinez how they let a team that had Eden Hazard, De Bruyne, Lukaku, all these elite, elite level players, probably arguably more elite level players at that point in time than England have in their team. And they achieved nothing. And I don't want that for England because there's so many talented players that I don't think Gareth Southgate can get the best out of. And that leads into my point that I think it is a time now for a change of the guard, someone that will play Trent Alexander-Arnold, someone that will play Phil Foden at a 10, someone that will, I know, bring Tamori in, someone that will make substitutions before the 60th minute.
0: Someone with more progressive ideas and potentially a different outlook on football. Um, For me, under Southgate, and I have nothing but respect for him for what he has done, Mm. and he's given me some of the best England moments of my lifetime... Um, but under Southgate our floor of our team is very high it's very high floor but the ceiling isn't much higher like I do not see us reaching the levels of France are most likely going to go back to back world champions fucked yeah and what really has turned me into more of a Southgate out person and it's not it's not bitterness that we lost it's we are very consistently good against the bad teams yes. or the the, the the not elite teams and against the elite teams we're not we're not terrible but we do not have that grit and we do not have that we, we come into those those games mentally on the back foot. Yeah. and we need a manager who's going to go into these games with a distinct plan of how we can dominate this game and utilize our best players because you, you saw it a lot in this France game. Like you said, Phil Foden isolated. Harry Kane, a bit isolated as well. Having to come so, so deep for the ball. And the problem is, when you've got players like Bakayo Saka and Phil Foden, they are not the in, built in the same vein as Raheem Sterling, who is going to make runs beyond. They will do it, but they're not that, those sort of players. They like the ball to feed and they like to guard their man. Phil Foden likes to do the one-twos. We've seen it a lot. Him and Jude Bellingham linking up on the left-hand side. We need to utilise these sorts of um, these sorts of plays more to our benefit because every time we get the ball, Harry Kane comes deep and then maybe one of our midfielders will run on. If the pass isn't there, we go back to our centre-back or we go back to Rice and then Rice plays out to Shora Walker. And then it just got, it goes over and over and over. And against teams that with a low block, we struggle sometimes mm-hmm. unless we get that early goal and force them to come at us. And it is, yeah, it's time for a change. It's time for it to bring so. someone else in. The only question is... Who? Who the fuck is that guy? And so, we'll take a little break in a minute, but, who was it today? Was it Jamie Carragher tweeted out? um it,
1: Yeah, Jamie Carragher tweeted, the England manager should always be English.
0: And I, see the sentiment in that, but I couldn't care less, to be honest. Yeah. I, I would rather see England win something with a foreign manager. 100%. I'd rather see England make more use of this golden generation with a foreign manager. Because at the minute, I'm sorry, but the only two English managers that I'd probably look at would be uh, Eddie Howe or Graham yeah. Potter. And, and both, both of them are, got elite jobs. Yeah. So both not, them are not moving. it's both of them not moving.
1: It's not going to happen. And I think that's a kind of detriment on English kind of managerial, the situation the FA have kind of allowed to happen, that there isn't many elite level English managers. And yeah, on Jerry McCarragher's point, and on what you said just like yeah you would always want just a winner no matter where they're from if they're going to get you to that trophy why does it matter where they're from would you rather waste a gold generation on Gareth Southgate or another English manager that isn't at the level when you could get in a I don't agree with the idea of Thomas Tuchel I don't hate the idea but just throwing him out there I as think the we'd have a better chance of scene. winning something
0: on the Thomas Tuchel yeah I
1: think it, he's he's definitely more of a winner so than I, Gareth Southgate. There,
0: there, I think I saw a list earlier where there were four names for me uh, on that list. Yeah, you Yeah, Mauricio Pochettino. Mm-hmm. Then you had Steven Gerrard, Fucking which that shouldn't that just shouldn't be a thing? Mm. And uh, Steve Holland, who I think is the uh, current uh, assistant manager, Assistant manager, yeah. Who I actually would rate higher than Gerrard. Um, I saw talks about Brendan Rodgers. I wouldn't be mad at which that. I wouldn't be mad at. I wouldn't be mad at that at all, but I think he might be more of a project manager. Yeah. And the only thing is with the international job, you don't get the same time. Yeah. Um, So maybe we need to go to someone who's more tactically robust as opposed to someone who needs time to ingrain their sort of identity onto a team. So someone like Tuchel, who we saw come in and do really well, Chelsea, basically off the bat. He's pretty much, his system is his system. It's very simple, but it works. It's effective and it utilizes the best players. Um, but yeah, it's it's a hard one because until someone comes up who's the perfect fit, Eddie Howe would have been the perfect fit. Yeah, 100%. But like, is, Tuchel to, is Southgate to Tuchel beneficial? Potentially, but only time will tell.
1: I think the only thing, not the only thing, that's probably um, a bit of a slam on what he's done for England. But I think the main thing that keeps Southgate in his job is is the unity he's created with the players. They all love going on international duty. They're all boys. You can tell they love Southgate. I think every single one of them, pretty much, when you know they do that token post when they go out of a tournament and they're like, sorry for letting you down, but we'll be better at the next one, blah, blah, blah. They all said, um, they "Big him. yeah, big thank you to the manager. We back you all the way. So you can tell they're all, they all fucking love him, which I think is... It's pretty key. much it's the key. main reason he's still in his job right now and they haven't done like a Tite and just completely cancelled it straight away or a Lewis and Brigue cancelled it straight away. But
0: you look at a team like Portugal who have apparently approached Mar- uh, Jose Mourinho mm. about managing them as well as managing Roma, which I would, I would I would Lovely. love, mate. That's uh, like
1: football manager shit.
0: Yeah, man, that's FIFA career mode mm. all over. I like the idea of it. I don't know how yeah, well it will work, but... I mean, would we you, you like rather have a jo-
1: manager from each country? So, Jose manages a All club in a country. Yeah. And we get like Eddie Howe does Newcastle in England. Pep
0: doing Spain and Man City. Yeah, just
1: get every country to club do like with their best manager. Oh, yeah, mate. that seen. World Cup, the quality would go up so high. Anyway, insane. we'll take a break and then we'll do a bit of a rundown on England at the tournament as a whole. Our thoughts on some of the players. And then we'll get into
0: what's coming up what's yeah. still to come I mean we've got five minutes until the Moro- uh, until the Croatia-Argentina game kicks off but we're going to be here doing the podcast but let us
1: know quickly Southgate in Southgate out if he- if you want him out who are we getting
0: him? is the gate closing on Southgate and we are back Marge. I hope you guys enjoyed your little break Um, so we're going to discuss sort of the World Cup as a whole now sort of what we've seen so far more specifically England at the World Cup Yeah. Points that were very are positive, some things that are potentially negative. I guess that's sort of everything in terms of opinion. But yeah.
1: So my first question to you, Luke, is how happy were you that we played four at the back the entire tournament?
0: I think we were a much better team for it. Big I time. think it was a big step in terms of my opinion on Southgate. Big time. I agree. Um, but. I don't think we actually came up against a team other than France where we would have actually utilised the five at the back. Um, yeah, that's true. That being said, though, I think it gave opportunity to players like Jude Bellingham to shine more yep. because he can play in a bit more of an advanced role. I don't think he really works too well in the midfield too with Declan Rice. No. Um, maybe
1: he'll grow into that. But yeah, at the moment I think But I think he's not that there.
0: even then you're asking too much of a single player, especially a player that we want who has such good forward going talents. Mm. I don't think you want to like, like burden them with that sort of defensive responsibility. Obviously they still have to do their bit, but if you give them a good foundation in terms of the two behind them, then you know, you sort of got a, a bit of a 10 in there.
1: What? Yeah, I I kind of agree. I think it depends on how how good we see so I think a lot of it stems from our defence not being... So we said this pre-tournament. England's defence is their weak spot. They've got players in there. So obviously, this we said this before, Harry Maguire had probably the best tournament out of all the defenders. And um, so England's defence is their weak point. And in front of them, they've got Declan Rice, who's still young, but he's probably one of the most elite midfielders in the world. And then Jude Bellingham, who is going to be probably the best midfielder in the world, but still super young. I think we need to get to a stage where, and this will come by the next tournament, where Declan Rice, and I think he proved it in this France game, is elite enough to run that midfield by himself and allow Jude to push forward. Kind of in the sense that, like and I'm likening it to Arsenal, where Thomas Partey is now so elite at his role that he can dictate the kind of half space in front of Arsenal's defence by himself and allow Xhaka to do what I think when Jude Bellingham was on the market, I think he's pretty much going to Liverpool now because he's been like inadvertently groomed by Jordan Henderson at the World Cup. But um <laughs> when he was like on the market, I was like, oh if Arsenal signed Jude Bellingham and make him do the Jacca role, that would be ideal because Jacca now is doing what I think Jude Bellingham is best at is best at. And if we can get that for England, where we've got mid defenders that are all so solid, so Arsenal have got the best back line in the def- um, in the Premier League statistically, and then in front of them you've got one of the best DMs in the world, and then you allow that other midfielder to do his thing, that could be Jude, and then in front of them you've got a ten that does what Odegaard does, that could be Phil, and then you've got such an outrageously gifted forward-thinking midfield are all supported by Declan Rice. The core. Who yeah, exactly that, the core. So if England's core is always going to be Declan Rice is at number six, two centre backs, I think John Stones is the future for England centre backs. I think he is I think he's far and away. And the present best to be fair. So yeah. he can stay. But and this leads on to my question about Harry Maguire. He had a really good tournament. Really good. But is he the best we can do? I think
0: not. I think White, I think Tomori, I think, I don't know who else is coming to mind. Maybe Mark Gahey by the time don't know. I don't know if Gahey's at that level, but he could still come to be, he's he's still young. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like if you'd put any sort of English centre-back in the other role, I think they would have performed just as adequately. Yeah. I think sometimes we watch watching the against games. Every time Aaron P- McGuire gets the ball and it goes past the halfway line, he just loses all composure. <laughs> he of what Like his legs <laughs> stop working, and he just what like, am I doing? It what and then he just it? ends up playing a pass into yeah. nowhere, or just like smash. There was one the pitch, way it yeah. was like, was it against Wales it where he was like in the box, and I actually thought his legs were going to give way. <laughs> like it was mental. I, and you know what? He had he's had a good tournament, really good. And I'm all here for the redemption. arc. I'd love to see him get back into that Man, Man United tie, uh, side and you know, sort of give yeah. a big fuck you to all those fans who've, who've turned their back on him. But... Um, he just doesn't fill you with
1: confidence. And if you're going to play with a midfield three where two of them are pretty much camped out on the edge of the opposition's box, you need a number six and two centre-backs that fill you with so much confidence. not Like, no shaky thoughts whatsoever. And Declan Rice and John Stones, I can see that. They have like one mistake. A, a tournament,
0: game. maybe. I was going to say, even a game, and it's like a shit. But it's like, Harry it's like Maguire, a misplaced pass. I into just midfield.
1: couldn't get behind him. And also, if you're playing with that free, the, the defenders need to be mobile. And he just lacks mobility. Well, if, you, mean, if you look at the
0: back four that we started with, on one side, on the right side, you've got Walker and John Stones, who play for the best team in the world. Most consistent team in the world, yeah. the best team, most dangerous team in the world. And then the other side, you've got Luke Shaw, who sort of like doesn't even start for yeah, United. Yeah, in and out of the United team. And then you've got Harry Maguire, who's, Definitely doesn't who's start. bench warming yeah. for United. So you look at that left side, and maybe you look at, I know we can bring Chilwell back in, haven't really got a lot of like exciting left uh, left backs in the sort of like England. No, it's literally future. just
1: Shaw, Chilwell, and maybe Tyreek Mitchell.
0: Yeah, Tyreek Mitchell even. So, and then yeah, you got Harry Maguire, and it's not the most fulfilling. Like we spoke that before, football IQ between them. Obviously, they're professional footballers. That's what it's all about, but it is it is the lack of positioning. It is the lack of forward thinking about where my teammates will be if I make this pass. What am I I going to do to the shape of the opponent if I make this pass out to the wide right? Mm. How can I shift the opponent's pressure in a certain area? Do I need to drop back 10 yards? And is this player good enough with uh, his feet to be able to make a pass if I do give him space? Or do I need to keep tight to him? It's 100%
1: that. It's all football IQ these days. And I think what he's getting away with is that Southgate is asking of his whole team not very high IQ footballing tactics
0: which i don't think you need to at a world cup because you look at teams like saudi arabia like iran like morocco even they're not playing like incredible free flowing football but yeah. they, they get results but you want that
1: free for a team as technically and talented uh, technically talented as england yeah the ceiling should be higher you want them to play football that kind of inspires and i think with Harry Maguire, there's just always just a question about his football IQ. And I think for me, he should be looking, or whoever the manager is, should be looking at building from the back. And I know that's always been our problem in England, is kind of having like dodgy defenders. But I think once we get like a, a unit at the back that isn't Harry Maguire and John Stones, that isn't Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire alongside each other, because that is just a recipe for disaster... I think we could be on something. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think...
0: So now, obviously, all eyes turn to look into the future. The next tournament, 2024, Euros. And we'll have some players who... Well, everyone's going to be two years older, but Jude would be two years more experienced probably playing in a Liverpool team. Uh, You've got players like Bukayo Saka who will be playing Champions League football next season. You've got players like Phil Foden who will be two years deeper under Pep. Let's talk about Bukayo Saka. Okay, I was going to talk about Harry Kane and how he's old.
1: Oh, we'll get on to Harry Kane because I've got a bit of a... Well, actually, I feel like I had a bone to pick with him earlier and I didn't fully pick that bone clean. But before we get on to Harry Kane, let's talk about Bukayo Saka. I've backed this boy since day one. At the Euros... I said so he was he was a little boy at the Euros and one of my mates, Connor, he didn't back Bukayo at all. He backed Sancho, didn't he? He was like Bukayo Saka is shit. And I was like, shut your mouth, this kid is gonna be England's best forward. Watch this space. And I think he is England's best wide forward.
0: He was England's best. Attacking player in over the course of this tournament, he is so elite. I think the France, um, Le Keep
1: came out and said, um, that he pre game he was the player they were most worried about. I agree, and he proved it. He had, um, not Lucas, Teo Hernandez on strings the whole game, like you said earlier. He was getting absolutely fucking battered the whole game. The who, who
0: was it that like took his legs out from like three times in about a second? Open Makano. Open Makano. He they had, had him scored. on road. Yeah. I'm not being funny, yeah? Right. I'm. Wait, no, actually, I'll let you talk about Bukayo for a little bit longer. And then I'm going to get on to the referee. Okay. Because yeah. I'm about to violate this Let's man. Let's go.
1: Anyway, Bukayo Saka, I just, yeah. Long story short, he's England's best wide forward. No one on that right wing offers anywhere close to what Bukayo Saka his place should never unless he's injured or he's just in like a rotten spell of form which my baby boy never has a rotten spell of form he should always be in that starting lineup because he is so good outright no one does anywhere close maybe Rashford but I'd always have Rashford on the left I think anyway I
0: think I think like the the setup going forward needs to be with Rashford on the left Foden in the middle in that 10 roll with Saka out on the right Harvard. and that is the most dangerous side I mean even if you look at maybe four years from now maybe Kane I mean he's got an ankle injury that keeps popping back up doesn't always look fit sick of that guy. and he, yeah I mean I don't think you can drop him for the next two oh, years no, probably not but, but maybe playing Rashford in as that central striker and you keep Foden out on the left and you've got a bit more of a dynamic front line a bit more interchangeable that probably works a bit better for Phil Foden you saw it with the likes of uh, Gabriel Jesus and Sergio Aguero at City for him. I mean, he didn't play too much with Aguero, but you but know, yeah. it's the same sort of dynamic, bit more mobile strikes All I'm saying is
1: Bukayo Saka, best England player, maybe barring Jude Bellingham, but I'd say probably Saka was England's best player this tournament. And yeah, I just rate him so so highly. And anyone that isn't on the Bukayo Saka wave, fuck off. It's too late to
0: get on the train. Let's go. I think our next uh,
1: quick question to you then: Who is your best player of the tournament?
0: Best player of the tournament for me, England player. I think I would go for Jude Bellingham. Yeah, but I, I think, think it's I 20 think 20 that's because him. I know I've seen Saka week in week out. And I know what he can do in your ear for. Yeah, I years, know what, I know what he can do, and I think, <coughs> but I think. I was so, so, so impressed with you, Bellingham. And yeah, agreed. And even when Kane missed that penalty, he was the first. He literally sprinted over to him, head up, we've got this. And that that's the cute. type of player that I want yeah, that, captain in yeah, my team I in like the future. That, I like that, I I was so impressed with how dynamic he was and just how, how much of a presence he was in the middle His of the field. His energy
1: as well. He's just running, chasing but every loose he, ball for like he would every like,
0: minute of the game. I'm like, you're cracked. And like, he would like literally push men who were like 10 years older than him, Bigger than him, even, and he's just like he's bundling past him. He's yeah, he's he's, he's electric, outrageous. and he's a Rolls Royce midfielder. And he'll be gone yeah. for
1: 150 million. Any team's going to be buzzing. Oh, I think it's going to be Liverpool. You seen the link with him and Enzo Fernandez, Fernandez. Fernandez? Yeah, that is fucked.
0: That's what they need, though, baby. Their midfield yeah. is lacking.
1: Their midfield, yeah. We said this is absolutely lacking. That'd be a nice revamp. But, but
0: yeah, all right. Let let's me let me talk about um this referee for yeah. a minute. Yeah. Get him, get him, Luke. You know when you go to a job interview yeah come on and they ask you what your qualifications are yeah talk to me and like some places will actually like ask you to like prove it this man has never refereed <laughs> anything in his life he's an imposter he is without a doubt and I, I you know what? I'm not going to blame our loss on the referee yeah because we ha- he gave us that second penalty deservedly it was a it deserved penalty definitely yeah. a penalty he gave it to us, and we missed it. We scored our chance. Sometimes you get shit given for you in football. Yeah. Sometimes you don't. And we got probably half of the amount given to us that we should have had. Yeah. 100%. However, it does leave a bit of taste in my mouth because Bukayo Saka was getting manhandled. I've seen, l- l- bro. I've seen less grappling in the uh, UFC. Yeah. Talks Paddy me. Pimlet's fight had less grappling. Yeah, I heard that was a shambles. Like genuinely, it was. An embarrassing.
1: I uh, did. Leke Saka Lekeep. goes through that every single week as well in the Premier. No one wants to back it. But now that he's on the international stage, every fan's united and saying Saka just gets. Trained. I think
0: Lekeep gave him like the lowest ever rating oh, of yeah, referee like out a of World Cup, and they are fucking French, brother. Like honestly, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Even the French knew yeah. that they got away with it there, and fair play to them because they are the best team in the tournament. Um, and I think whoever won this game is going to probably go on to win the tournament unless Leo Messi does something yeah. magic. But it is shambolic that we get to this level and it just, like, no wonder no one wants to be a fucking referee, yeah? Yeah, it's mad. But, like, the worst part is we bring in VAR, yeah? We brought this, this sort of robotic, clean, scientific thing into our beautiful, rustic football game, yeah, <laughs> to try and help it bloom, to help it develop, to cut out these clear and obvious errors. Yeah. They are fucking the shit up, yeah? Because honestly, all they are doing is they are drawing lines which show my like my bell end from my fucking kneecap, yeah. Oh, and like God. putting me offside. You know what crazy? Uh, bro-, is me. bro, honestly, they will take fucking Sako is literally getting like cleaned off the top rope, yeah? <laughs> And no one gives a shit. Why are these watching in the VAR rooms, man? You know are they sat there watching me? fucking Love Island? And it's not even on, mate!
1: <laughs> it's happened a couple of times this tournament. Didn't happen in this game. But do you know when they like call an offside for a player and then they like show the line and he looks offside? But then it comes out after the game that they haven't shown every player in the defensive line and they've forgotten like a defender that's on like the byline. And he's playing everyone onside. And they're like, oh yeah, that was a mistake. We just didn't show everyone in the defensive line. I'm like, how? Can you not see everyone in the defensive line that a team has gone and given offside When they're getting played on by a Donny that's not even in camera shot, you should know he's not in camera shot.
0: You know people at school, yeah, who get bullied, right? And they go on to become like some people are better for it after they come out and they're like they grow from it and then they become who they are and they're great people. And then some of them just like fall to it and they want to be a like a powerful person, so they go and become a policeman, or they go and become like a fucking teacher and who bouncer. Bouncers
1: are those people. Bouncer,
0: yeah, fuck them. Honestly, these man now, these kids are gonna grow up and become the VAR room men, (laughs) right? Because no one wants to be a referee. Mate, yeah. we should just put it to a fucking point. And you're boat. out
1: of the firing line if you're in the VAR room. You're just sitting there in your cushy little room. The referee gets all the pelters and you're just sat there like.
0: Yeah, at least the referee's got some balls to go on the field and make some decisions. You're sat there and you're still fucking up, man. You probably get called upon like six times a game to actually make something that's actually important happen. Who's that nancy ref that they always call up as well? Oh, um, like, Peter Walton. Peter Walton. Oh, mate. Blood!
1: Mate, whenever they're like, suck, suck some Peter, Can some you more? shed some light on the decision? And he's like. Oh, I think the referee got it right. Shut up, Peter! You I'm big gonna, nuts. I'm
0: gonna like get some sort of. I'm gonna get my like Alexa or something to like mute my TV every time they hear the term Peter Walton. Yeah. Because it's absolutely re- like, oh, and half the time he doesn't know what's going on. So how <laughs> the fuck is a referee meant to know what's going on? Honestly, right, the I VAR I hear in there, mate. Just fuck VAR, fuck that referee. Yeah. I hope he never refs a game again in his life. Let. Bro, he would fuck up Sunday League, man. They, they would smash his head in. So, before we round up England at the tournament, I want
1: to talk to you about Harry Kane. So, Harry Kane, I'm going to ignore the 2016 Euros because he didn't really play and get any goals or anything. But the 2018 World Cup, that was his first major, major, like in the starting 11 tournament. Yep. And this is the one that everybody kind of harks back to whenever the argument that he hasn't turned up he's like oh yeah but you got the golden boot uh, Russia he scored six goals which yeah in theory is good and not even in theory it is good six goals at a world cup bosh Bob's your uncle happy days right now you'd be um, leading the race in this world cup but when I tell you that two goals in that tournament were against Tunisia and three goals were against Panama and the fact that we got to the semi-finals, so he scored five goals in our opening two games, and then scored one, one more in that tournament. And I don't think he dropped uh, apart from the hat trick game, but it was against Panama. I feel like I could score a hat trick against Panama. I don't, I don't. I think the stats are that he didn't drop like above a seven rating. Then we go to the 2021 Euros, four goals, zero assists. Okay, that's not bad. But we got to the final. So we played what? Seven games? Played a couple of games that went to 120 minutes in the next time. Blah, blah. Four goals, zero assists. Is that that good? I'd argue not. 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Two goals. Three assists. Do you think Harry Kane is not... Delivering enough. I'm not saying he's not delivering at all, but should he be doing more for England?
0: I think when we see what he can do, and we know the player that he is. Y- yes, I think he could always deliver more. You can always d- deliver more. I don't yeah. think he I think a lot of people because he didn't score like in the group stages, like he didn't belt three past fucking Wales or whatever, is the problem. I I still think he is our best striker he is I think he brings more to the team than just his finishing I think his finishing is elite I know he missed that penalty don't think he should have been given the second penalty but that's a question for a whole another day we could do a whole episode about that but I I I mean how many goals is Mbappe on this Mbappe is the top scorer in this tournament right five yeah and he's on five at the semi-final stage Mm -hmm. and how many did Harry uh, Kane get in the Euros
1: uh, what the last year? Is yeah, three goals, uh, four goals,
0: four goals. So, I mean, Harry Kane's is not quite the level of Mbappe, to be honest. I'm but not- should
1: he be doing Mbappe numbers for England? He should be. I-,
0: I think with the players around him, he probably should, and I think under a better manager, he probably would. Yeah, and
1: my my issue is that he is, and obviously, as Harry Kane is a captain, I understand why he doesn't get subbed off. But some games he should be getting subbed off.
0: I definitely agree. I think Callum Wilson would be Callum Wilson wasted. would offer
1: more. Move Rashford centrally, he'd offer more. Playful as a false nine, mate. Fuck it up. Bring Ivan Tony to the tournament. Oh, He's been a betting scandal. But he would offer something off the bench. The fact that he doesn't get subbed off is a hindrance. And like you said, he's getting on. He has like a recurring ankle injury. He shouldn't be playing. 90 minute, 90 minute, 120 minute, 90 minute, all in the space of like a week. And so my issue with Harry Kane is, yes, he is England's best striker, best player. And all the other players, whenever I watch like the England camp and shit, they always say, oh, Harry is elite, Harry's the best, blah, blah, blah. I totally get that. But I don't think he is doing enough for England. I watch him. He goes missing, man, on elite games. And it's been... I don't like Jermaine Genius, but he was on um, Rio's podcast, Rio Ferdinand's podcast, talking about um, who would you rather in your team, uh, Harry Kane or Wayne Rooney. And he said Wayne Rooney every time, elite player. And he said where Harry Kane is a problem is in clutch moments, Harry Kane doesn't deliver. On elite moments... Be it the Champions League final against Liverpool, be it the whenever they played Chelsea in like a semi-final, be it England, he should have done more in that Italy game to not allow it to go to penalties. In this game, he should have scored his penalty. At elite moments where he should be the guy that gets England through, or gets Tottenham through. The difference maker. The difference maker. He doesn't do it. And that's why Jermaine Jean has picked Wayne Rooney. And that's why I'd pick Wayne Rooney. No slight on Harry Kane. I think he is top tier. But, and everyone's like, oh, he's got that Spurs-Bottler mentality banner. I like it. Don't agree with it. But there is evidence that at that elite moment, he doesn't pull you through.
0: Yeah. and But I I somewhat res- like go back to the point, and it seems like I'm hating on Southgate, but in the clutch moments, we have failed as, an, as a team. Mm-hmm. And if you look at sort of our progression through the World Cups and Euros with um, Gareth Southgate, any time we come up against a team with a slight resonance of quality who can prove a problem, we seem to falter. I mean, we didn't really get tested until Croatia in that World Cup. Uh, we didn't really get well. We got tested, was it Germany in the Euros? Yeah. And then the next big test was Italy, and we fell at that hurdle. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, if you look at uh, like Belgium in uh, the group stage of the previous World Cup, so like teams with any quality, we seem to have a bit of a mental block against that we can't come out and play our game. And I yeah. think actually, out of all the games that we have played against big teams, apart from that Germany game, this is the best performance I've seen of an England team. Yeah, 100%. So. Maybe it is. Maybe we do give Southgate another chance. I don't know. Let us know. But um, my last question, and I've seen this debate
1: going around on Twitter. What career would you rather had? Giroud or Gir- Harry Kane. Giroud or Harry Kane. We'll put it out to you in the chat. Who would you rather be? I know who I would.
0: I think, I mean, Giroud's won a World Cup. He's won fucking everything. He's Champions League. Champions League. League Premier League. League. Er- yeah. Premier League. Everything. He's won uh, Serie A. But it's Harry, top Harry
1: Kane's got a couple of golden boots, mate. I
0: mean, Giroud is, yeah, he's literally just overtaken Thierry Henry as France's top ever goal scorer. So you say Giroud as well? I mean, the thing is, though, <laughs> how? what's Giroud, like 34?
1: Yeah, so there is time for Harry Kane to do more. So,
0: I mean, for me, the feasible goal for Harry Kane, unless he moves club, is he becomes the Premier League top ever scorer. Yeah. And I think is he already England's top scorer of all time, or has he yeah, got like? Yeah, nah, yeah, I, think, I think that penalty would have taken him level.
1: Oh, really? I thought he was already. But yeah, um,
0: but yeah. So I mean, it all depends on how Harry sort of finishes his career. He's got, I mean, he's got about six Imagine years to catch up through. If but he finishes I, his career, with no. Jerseys. I mean, if if Harry Kane, would that
1: be the biggest England, ever disappointment? If, if a England
0: player? ever goes on to... if we go on to win the Euros in two years, and Harry Kane is leading the front line again. And he moves to Man City or something. I mean, he's not going to move to City there with Harlem there. He moves to like fucking Real Madrid or he something. He should come to Arsenal, mate. I don't think that's ever going to happen, is it? He's an Arsenal fan. But. Reviews is to admit it. But yeah, I mean, it is, that's a tough question. But for now, on the basis of things, I would say Giroud. Yeah, every day. But, Harry has time to turn it around. Maybe he's going to be aged like a fine wine. We've seen it with players like Benzema. Yeah, true that. Having I mean, the best years of his career sort of towards the tail end. So, you never know. Um. Should we wrap this uh, episode up? We're going to talk about just our predictions for the coming games. I mean, the Croatia Argentina game is on right now. We're about twenty minutes into it. Uh, I'll give you a current score update. You probably well, you'll already know, but it's twenty minutes in, and uh, like a it's a on. big fat nil nil. Um, but yeah, Croatia versus Argentina. I fancy the Argentinians, to do it. Leo Messi. But you can never write off the Croatians, man. They just keep creeping forward.
1: They've yeah. For me, Croatia are like two or three games further than they should have been they're just not luck in it because that's a bit rude
0: Vardy always played out of his skin there's a lot, lot of like unreal
1: like flipper coin kind of endings to their game and there are a couple of games further than I think they probably should be and Argentina I don't think Argentina have been that great this tournament and maybe they'll kick on these last two games but I think they'll just have too much be it messy doing like a messy thing or Croatia not really offering too much. I think this will be Argentinian trip then, to the final. Yeah.
0: so Argentina in the final, most likely for us. And then um, we've got Morocco versus France tomorrow.
1: I'd love it if Morocco got through.
0: Mate, I, 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 someone, someone tweeted earlier and they were like, what would you prefer? Ilias Chair to score a winner versus France. He hasn't played a minute on the tournament, but he did do that. <laughs> what boy? Or QPR to beat Preston. And I was, I was, I don't know. And I think the Ilias chair one just edged it for me because our fucking season's over, so I don't care. Yeah, but, keep on, man, don't but yeah, hard. no, for me, if Ilias chair starts, um, Morocco win like 6-1. <laughs> um, if he doesn't, I'm going to go for a France
1: 2-0. Yeah, I think as good as Morocco have been defensively, conceded one goal all tournament, and it was a fucking own goal. I think France have just got way too much for um, Morocco. Mbappe will get a couple, I reckon. I reckon it'll be a 2-0 as well.
0: Yeah, and then, so, I mean, yeah. So let's say it is a France-Argentina final.
1: That'll be a good final. That'll be
0: the best final we could get right now, I think, out of these remaining teams. PSG
1: colleagues in Mbappe and And Messi. Messi, Yeah. Who do you think takes home the
0: World Cup? For me right now, yeah. I'd love Morocco to win it. Come on. I mean, it made me embarrassed as an England fan that Morocco actually went on to win it. Mm. But um, I would absolutely love it for football heritage, football culture. It'd be massive, wouldn't it? For but African first ever African team in reach the semi final yeah, and then just go on to win it. Unreal. Um, but the football lover in me wants to see Lionel Messi united with the World Cup trophy. Yeah, it's be. The, it would just be iconic for all time. I mean, he already is the goat for me. France have already won it,
1: man. They won it like a fucking. Yeah, let someone else launch. have a go, man. Yeah, yeah in back, people, you're going to
0: end up with like five of them, bro. Yeah, Relax. I
1: want Messi to win it as well. And if it does get to final, I think uh, France will win it. I think it'll be two one France. But for Leo, I'm going one 0 Argentina.
0: I think it's going to be a two 0 France.
1: Yeah, I think France will win it. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. But um, not, uh, would, then we get another banger tune like um, Rene la coupe la maison, yeah, um, big one. There, there, there's massive. Play that tune now, Luke. In the edit, bosh. <laughs> but, um. Uh,
0: yeah. If, I mean, if not, we got maybe Croatia versus France. Um. France win it again for me. Yeah. I think France win against everyone apart from Argent, uh, Argentina. Maybe I think. I mean, Argentina That's the only are, only close one. are the only ones. Croatia, Morocco, though. Croatia, Morocco. If we get there, we live in a universe where this is the one in like eight million. Yeah, like
1: game's the, gone if that's the final. The, the, yeah. Or is the game so.? Well no, the, the game is alive, it? man. Yeah.
0: I don't, I don't know. Probably I'd Croatia. Love that.
1: Morocco 1 0. Croatia and penalties. The absolute scenes. If
0: Heartbreak for Morocco in the diamonds of the game. Starting. Yeah, penalties for Croatia. But yeah, I mean, let us know who you think is going to win the final. You'll obviously know. Let us yeah. know down below. If you get it right. Russ will come and give you a leg massage.
1: Yeah, shout out to our live stream. That was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, but yeah. Yeah,
0: hope you all enjoyed. We'll come at you before uh, the final kicks off with a little preview, though.
1: Yeah, we'll do a final preview, and then we'll do like a end of the World Cup roundup. Yeah, a little
0: roundup, you know.
1: And then it's back to Premier League, mate. And then we're back. Yeah,
0: normal business regimes. Let's go. But yeah, thank you so much for watching, guys. It's been Board Remember to follow all our socials. We've got TikTok, the Instagram, the Spotify. I mean, that's not a social, but follow our Spotify as well. Get those pods on yeah, while you're... on
1: follow uh, everything, yeah. man. TikTok, all, all that in the shit. description below.
0: Yeah. If you're in our fantasy league, I did close the DJ, league. Yeah, I was yeah. going to ask you to close it. Yeah, yeah. I did close the league, nice. so uh, no more entries, but yeah, yeah if you're in it, fantasy. you better be in it to win it because uh, you're pretty much up Yeah, there. I think
1: I'm like 30th. 30th in the league? Yeah. I thought you
0: were like top five.
1: Now I've had a couple of stinkers before the World Cup.
0: But yeah, so yeah, I mean, fantasy resumes again. So yeah, get your uh, get your mojo back. Premier League will be back. Don't worry, England fans. The heartbreak only lasts for a while. We'll get over it. But yeah, thank you so much for watching, guys. It's been Borger Bosh. And it's live.